Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, February the 23rd in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we're in year C and this is still Transfiguration Sunday that's up ahead. There's only four passages for this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. So sometimes on the Wednesday of the week, if it's like this, I'll pick something that I've been reading in the background uh, for a sermon or for a lesson and I'll add it so we can make a five-day week for prayer on uh, five mornings a week. So today uh, I want to go to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. This is the very end of Matthew's gospel. Uh, But Transfiguration Sunday is about Jesus hanging out on a mountain with his friends uh, during the Transfiguration. And so there's a second time that Jesus goes to a mountain at the very end of Matthew's gospel. So let me read that passage, write a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of God for us. Bible readers, both academic and devotional, have been a little mystified by this ending of Matthew's gospel. There's no doubt that the gospels seem to be trying to always find that uh, runway to land, you know, to land the plane after telling this great long story of Jesus. You go to the end of Mark's gospel, there's a couple different alternate endings. Uh, You go to Luke's gospel, and there seems to be this wrapping up of all these micro stories. And there seems to be this uh, pivot point to get to the book of Acts, which we believe Luke and Acts written by the same author. Then John's gospel seems to have this second ending as well. Matthew's gospel is strange. Let me just acknowledge the fact that in verses 16 and 17, we get some information that we're not quite ready for. Jesus is with his 11 disciples, not 12, because Judas has betrayed Jesus. He's no longer with them. And they go to this mountaintop in Galilee because when you, when you want to like see something cool like the resurrected Christ, you don't just you know go to, I don't know, the gas station around the corner, like you go to a mountain, right? <laughs> that seems to be the most appropriate place. But notice the line that I think it's hard for us to read. It says this, verse 17, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. So these are 11 disciples. These are not just uh, stragglers, not just uh, people hanging along to see what the miracle work is going to do next. These, This is the group of people that Jesus picked. And some of them worshipped, and some of them still doubted. After the crucifixion, after the resurrection, after seeing him back to life, there is still just something within that causes them to pause. So to this whole group, Jesus gives the great commission for them to go from place to place, to make new disciples, to teach them, and to implore people of all nations to follow him. But you got this mixed bag. You got some who are already on the team. They're like fully all in. You got some who are doubting. So what is going on here? What are we supposed to do with something like this? 
think this passage is important for us, particularly when we look at what seems to be a relatively contrived conspiracy in the church, this thing called deconstruction. Um, there's a longer conversation we can have there, but uh, it is just simply highlighting something that happens, I think, in the normal uh the normal passing of a faith life for some people. There are some people who they embrace an ideology. Uh, they learn more about it. They seem to have this uh, very this ease and this comfort to adjust their life, to be in line with uh, the big values, the big beliefs, uh, the, the doctrinal statements without much wrestling. Like they just, they embrace it. And that's great for them. Like that's, that is their orientation in the faith. There's like another bucket of people that they they have to struggle they have to ask questions they have to push back they have to get some critical distance before they're all in i think if you and i you and i should not be alarmed by this development that we're seeing in the modern church because it's kind of always been there uh, people from every age of the church have had to they've required some time to ask the questions, to get in the face of some of those who are certain and to push back and to grapple with them rhetorically, right? Uh, there has to be these long winding roads of discovery to see how we're going to integrate this new development of science or, or of human life. And how does that somehow jive with Christianity, the old story that we've been telling for centuries and generations? It seems to be part of the deal. And it's not an uncommon thing because it happened even in the first small group of Jesus' disciples. They're at the top of the mountain with a resurrected Christ. Some of them believed, some of them doubted. But Jesus said, I want you even from this place, before you, before we straighten you out, those who are still doubting, I want, I'm going to give you this commission too, to continue to bear witness, to do the work of ministry, and to continue to discover who God is, life after life that you encounter along the way. Some of us right now, we um, have people in our life that we went to youth group with, or maybe they're in our families. And uh, if faith comes up, like they they disagree, or they've changed their mind about something from what it used to be in the earlier days. And that causes us to panic, and that's rightfully so. Someone has moved, and are now our picture of them changed, and our picture perhaps of the whole world or of the Christian faith has changed because we thought this person was going to have the greatest ease and comfort in this, and here they are. They're the ones who are pushing back. They're the ones who are asking tough questions that don't really have easy answers. Perhaps this scripture will comfort us, and it kind of gives us uh, maybe a blueprint of, of what we should do. Um, is to continue to implore them in the most gentle and kind way possible. Uh, to con- continue to seek, continue to follow, continue to try, continue to experiment with the Christian faith. Because who knows, maybe they'll find Jesus at a closer distance, at a greater depth, and fall in love with him all the more. So let's don't give up on them. And let's not get too worried and wringing our hands about what's going on in the current moment. Because perhaps there's still a ton of time left on the clock for God to do the work that only he can do. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're with us, and I think that you're a big God, and we are your people. And there is this theme throughout all of Scripture where you have this loyal love towards your world and loyal love towards your people. And we think that we are all beneficiaries of that, uh, that you have loved us with an everlasting love. Even before we wanted to love you, you were loving us. So we know that we stand in the flow of amazing grace today. 
God, we also just care for people around us, uh, some people who seem to be struggling with the faith more than we are. And we wonder why that is, and we wonder where you are in the midst of all that complicated picture. And so we thank you that on our best day, you love them more than we do. And so we rest in the fact that you are pursuing, that your love is uh, being poured out for them. And so on this day, we hold them in our minds, and we hold them in your love, and we ask God for each of these dear ones through their questioning and through their wondering and through their experimentation and even through their critical questions that sometimes haunt us that that we feel like we cannot answer we feel like they're doing a great disservice in the midst of all of that anxious moment god we pray that you would be sovereign you would be the god who's good and we pray that your goodness would pass by these dear ones of ours and that they would see that there is a great depth of who you are that they should go on a journey to discover and so we pray for them we hold them in our hearts and we pray that even today you might give us an opportunity to help nudge them uh, in an awareness of what you're doing in their life so god love them as we love them we ask all these things in jesus name amen